As always, just super proud of Dave. There, I don't know if there's anybody on this planet who works harder than that man right there and, uh, and who bleeds for the kingdom. It's just really true. So I do encourage you, if you're looking for a place to, to get some, some financial support that will bless the church in this valley, Loving Utah is the place to do it, all right? So I wanna pray, Lord, thank you for Dave. I pray your blessing on him. I pray that you'll continue to give him your vision, your heart, your love, your strategy. God, thanks for how many people he pours his life into. And we just pray that you will continue to bless him. And we pray that you will continue to provide everything. God, as we've already been looking at, we looked last week how you are the provider. And we just pray that you would do that for him. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to every heart in this room that you would like to help uh, support Dave and loving Utah. So um, God, what a great partnership. And we're just so grateful for him. And now, Lord, uh, yeah, I'm just so excited to, to share this message, but I, I just know we need, we need your spirit in this room and we need you to enlighten our hearts so that we can hear your voice. God, that's what I pray for, just that, that your word and your name, Jesus, I would be so glorified today and that you might have your way with us um, so we could bring you glory in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so you guys, we are in this series, Gotta Get You Into My Life. And uh, I'm feeling that personally right now with my daughter, Ashlyn. I gotta get her into my life because she's been in Africa all summer. But she's sitting right there, baby. So I got her into my life. She came in on Thursday. And uh, so, man, what do, I, what do I do? Because I wanna know Ashlyn. I wanna know everything just tell us, right? We sit down and we hear everything that's going on because I love her and because I want to know her. And then I didn't get to talk to my daughter Mariah all week long because she was at Royal Family Kids Camp and they took her phone away from her. And so she showed up this morning. So I haven't seen her in a week after she poured out her life all week. And I'm like, okay, all right. I love you and I know you. So she walked in and we just sat downloaded and so to get everything that we can from her because I want to know everything about her and I love her. Two rows back are Jeff and Melissa Borglin, my dear friends from Michigan, to the hoops and hollers or from anybody who actually knows them. But seriously, I've known them for 30 years and uh, I love you guys. And, I, and, and, and so we want to share our lives with each other. That's what we do. Because when, you know, when you want to know someone, that's what you do. You share life with them. And when you love somebody, you're like, get into my life and let me get into yours. I want to know everything about you. And I want to share my life with you. So now here's a few things. If any of you want to get to know me, the first thing is you just have to spend time with me. There is no way you're going to know me unless you're actually with me. Okay. Secondly, if you want to get to know me, then you got to get to know the most important people in my life. Like that's what I would do. Like you'd have to get to know Susie, right? And you'd have to get to know my kids, Mariah, Ashlyn, and Caleb. And, uh, and then the last thing is, is I'd invite you into my home, right? And then you'd come into my home and, and then you'd share my food with me. And we would share stories and we'd share our life and we'd just have experience. That's, that's what would have to happen if you actually wanted to get to know me. Let's take it a step further. If you actually wanted to love me, if you want to say, man, I, I love Dave Nelson. Well, then you'd have to want to be with me. You, you just would. If you love me, you'd have to want to be with me. And here's another thing. <clears throat> if you say you love me, 
And you don't love that woman? You don't love me. Right? God has made us one and he's unified us. And so if you say, man, Dave, I really love you, but I just, I don't really like Susie. Yeah, exactly. You should, you should be laughing because most of you are laughing like, no, actually we love Susie and we're not so sure about you. So I understand that. I'm just go with the illustration, okay? But seriously, if you say to me, I love you and I want to be with you, but could we just hang out because I really don't want to be with your wife? It ain't going to happen. Same thing with my kids. If you say that about my kids and you're not interested and you love my kids, yeah, we're not going to be very close. I can tell you that right now. And then how weird would it be if I said, hey, come on over. And what if you just came in or maybe you do it and you said, no, I don't really want to ever come to your house. It's like, oh, okay. Or maybe you came into your house and you ate my food and used the bathroom and left. And it would be like, okay, that's not exactly what I had in mind when I invited you over. Okay? If you want to know me, if you want to love me, then you have to love me and my wife and my kids and you'd want to come over and actually hang out with me. So today, we're talking about, I got to get you into my life because Jesus said, here's eternal life. It's that you know me. Know me, not, not know about me, know me intimately and personally. He says, that is eternal life. And so what this whole series, what we've been going on is then, then we got to figure out, we got to want to be in Jesus' life. Just like I couldn't wait for Ashlyn to come home and have her share everything with me. If I'm going to know Jesus, like I cannot wait to be with him and I can't wait for him to share everything with me. And then what was cool is Mariah comes home right, and she can't wait to share everything with us. That's how it works. That's how you know somebody, okay? So we've been talking about that with Jesus. We have to get into his life and we have to let him get into our life. So tonight, what I'm going to talk to you about is this. If we're going to really actually experience eternal life, and know Jesus, then we have to be engaged in his church. We actually have to get engaged in his church. Now, let me ask you a second question. What's the first thing that came to your mind when you heard the word church? In fact, give me, shoot out some things. What's some, what is the first, what's some of the just first things that hit your mind? Good people? A building? I can't hear you. Huh? Organized? Sorry? Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. Not Saturday. <laughs> Angie, walking in good morning, right? <laughs> we're, still, we're still saying good morning to each other even two years later. Okay, here's, here's what I know. In general, today, if you do say church, the first two things that will come to people's minds in America are a building, there's the church, and a service. Okay, did you go to church? All right, those are the first two things that will come into our minds. So what, and then, okay, so that's what you need. What immediately comes to mind, what do you believe actually about the church? And you don't have, I don't want you to spout this off, but think about this for a second. Yeah, we're not gonna yell now, sorry. But just, just I want you to think. What do you believe is true about the church. And then this is another interesting question. What have you experienced? If you think about, just if you just said, let me, let me just think for a second. What have I experienced with church? 
What are the, some of the first memories that come to your mind when you think about what you've experienced at church? Those are actually interesting questions. You might want to stew on that. Susie and I asked each other those questions. We realized, wow, it's actually a pretty interesting thing when you talk about what you've experienced with church, okay? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be um, really honest with you right now. It, it's, it's very interesting. In the last, I don't know, six months, maybe more, but especially in the last few months, when I think about the church, I physically, like I physically feel something every time and it starts right here. And then it feels like it, it starts to come up like this and it just, it almost feels like it just starts to burn inside of me. And I, I just, I feel, I feel it right now. Every time I think about this and what happens to my mind is that we must, you guys, we must have a deep, profound, spiritual renewal and understanding of what the church is. We just, we've got to. And, and I just feel like I, I just, I do, I do not, I cannot, I do not want to be a part of a, a, an American cultural church. The problem is I'm in America <laughs> and I'm living in this culture and so are you. But man, I wanna know what the church is. I, do you, do you, I want to know Christ. And if I'm going to know him and if I'm going to experience eternal life and so are you, there's no way we will ever experience it to the fullness unless we engage fully in his church. So what is it? Okay, let me give you four metaphors the scriptures tell us. What is the church? First of all, somebody yelled it, I think. It's the body of Christ. It's the body of Christ. Point blank, 1 Corinthians 12, 27. You are the body of of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. So the scriptures say a few things about that. We actually have to be joined to the head, right? Jesus is the head of the church. And if there's a part of our body right now that isn't connected to the head, it doesn't work, it doesn't move. And so part of what it means to be part of the body is that each one of us has to be connected to the head. But then it also means you have to be joined and held together. It says we are joined and held together. That's what this is, man right? It's not each individual part somewhere on the stage. That would be really weird. No. Join and held together. That's the body. And you are the body of Christ. And you have to be joined and held together. That's what the church is. And then the other thing that's very, with my body, is every part is unique and it's different. And every one of you is unique and different. You have gifts that are given to you for the benefit of the body. That's the only way the body works. And that's what the church is, the body of Christ. Secondly, you know what the church is? It's the bride of Christ. It's the bride of Christ. And I think about when Jesus was telling us, again, when they were asking about divorce and Jesus says, what God has joined together. I love doing weddings. And every time I do a wedding and I stand there, it's amazing me to think that in this moment that God you know, we're just sitting, we're just doing the ceremony. God is literally joining two people together and making them one. And we're his bride and we have been made one in spirit with him. There is a love and an intimacy that I have with that woman right there that I don't have with none of you and never will. A bride is special. 
and you cherish them and you have your devotion to them like you have with no other person on the planet. What's the church? It's the bride of Christ. Third, what's the church? It's the family of God. What is he? God, how did Jesus taught us to pray? Our, and whose father? Our, <laughs> our father. So we are all brothers and sisters. And here's again, Mariah, right? You and Ashlyn, did you have a choice to be sisters? No, no choice at all. <laughs> and guess what? Every person in this room, you have no choice. These are your brothers and sisters. And so different. These two could not be more different than one another, just like we are different from one another. And you know what happens in a family? So fun to watch. You learn to fight for your brother and sister. And you learn how to fight with your brother and sister. That's what happens in a family. But you know why you do it? Because you're what? What? We're blood. That's what we say. We're blood. And no matter what, you're my brother and you're my sister. And that's what the church is. Purchased by Jesus' blood, born of his spirit. Everyone in this room, you're a family. And your brothers and sisters were the family of God. Fourth, fourth metaphor is the church is the house of God. It's the house of God. It's a dwelling. Kevin, yeah, Kevin right here, Lathrop, he, he's a part of a group I'm in and we send our scripture. When we read scripture in the morning, we, we text it to each other each morning. And you texted me this morning and I'm like, oh, perfect for my message today. This was in Hebrews three. It says this, every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Christ is faithful as the son over God's house. And we are his house. And then, and Peter says, as you come to him, meaning Jesus, the living stone, you also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ. So you guys, every one of you, every one of you is a living stone being built together to be a dwelling of God's spirit. That's what the church is. It's the house. When I think about my house, what do we do, man? We gather there. We eat together. We connect and share stories. We serve one another. That's the church. So then I was thinking, so those are the metaphors of the church. The body of Christ, the bride of Christ, the family of God, and the house of God. And what's the purpose, you guys? What, what are you doing here? Do you, what do you, what, ooh, I gotta be careful tonight. What, it, what are you doing here? What's the purpose of us gathering? One thing, you guys, it's the place of healing. It's the place of belonging. It's the place of transformation. When you come together, that's why Jesus says, you, you, when you come together, you are a body and you are, he gave us one command, love one another. Right? I, I went through and I just, you guys know this, we could do a whole thing. All the one another's, you ever heard of that? There's all these one another's because we're church. We're supposed to love you. So I went to it, love one another, be devoted to one another, honor one another, live in harmony with one another, accept one another, greet one another. This was, by the way, this was one of the ones that kept coming up over and over again. Greet, 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 greet. Hey, so when you get out of here, greet one another. What do we call it? We go the meet and greet. 
Great. So why do we get up and actually meet each other and welcome each other and reach out to the people we don't know? Because the scripture says when you're together, greet one another. All right. Keep going, Dave. Encourage one another. Serve one another. Bear with one another. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Submit to one another. Forgive one another. Teach and admonish one another. Spur one another on. Offer hospitality to one another and have fellowship with one another. You guys, what's the purpose of the church? The purpose part, one purpose of the church is right here. It's to create a body, a bride, a family that actually is different because there's a community where people are belonging and accepted and it heals us and it transforms us. What's the second purpose of the church? We are to be God's witness to the world. We are to be God's witness to the world. What did Jesus say? This is how the world will know that you're my disciples by the way you love one another. So, so here's one of my questions. And again, so we, we go to church. This is the building and it's Saturday night at five and I'm gonna go to church. But my question is, how many of us actually drove here going, oh my gosh, I can't wait to love my brothers and sisters. How many of you came with that purpose tonight? Or did you come to attend something? Hopefully the worship was good, which it was great. And hopefully I'm on tonight so that you got something. And go home? I couldn't find that in my notes. I couldn't find that in the scripture. No, the purpose is to come here and to love one another. And Jesus says, you, the world will never know that you're my disciples if you go to church. He goes, the world will know you're my disciples if you love one another. And then Jesus prays in John 17, Father's last prayer, please God, his father, he says, just as you are in me and I am in you, please make them be in us so they will be made into complete unity. Why? Why? To let the world know that you sent me and that you love them just as you loved me. What's the purpose of the church? You guys, it is not to attend something and go home. If we are unified with each other, Jesus says the world will know that he came from the father. And that's the purpose of the church. The purpose of the church, you guys, is literally to bring heaven to earth. That's why we're here. The kingdom of heaven can actually come to earth. And so, when we love one another, when we do what Jesus told us to do, we heal each other, we encourage each other, we strengthen one another, we get accepted and our hearts are healed. And then what happens? It's such a unique experience that the rest of the world isn't getting that they're going, what is going on over there? And they'll know you're his disciples because you loved one another. That's the church. And those are our purposes. Okay, guys, the church is the physical representation of heaven on earth. That's what the church is. Can I, can I just ask you a question? All the people you work with and your, your friends that are out there in the world, how many of the people in the world go, oh, the church, it's the physical representation of heaven on earth. Yeah, that's not what they're saying. The church, I want nothing to do with it. 
Everybody wants to go to heaven. Why don't they want to have anything to do with us? If we're the physical representation of heaven on earth. Because what was Jesus? That's what he was. He embodied the kingdom of heaven. Friend of sinners. Glory to God. And the church is the body of Christ. Not something you attend. We are supposed to be that. So the church, what is it? It's every person who's been reconciled to God, who's been born of his spirit and that Jesus is now living in. It's every person who finally gave up lordship of their own lives, which again, I said, that's sin. Just if you're new to Christianity, sin at its core is not all the bad things we do. That is sin. But the core sin is simply saying, you know, God, I don't want you in my life. (laughs) I don't want you messing with it. But a Christian, the church, are people who said, God, I'm so sorry. I don't want to run my own life. I want you to be Lord of it. That's what, that's what it is. And so what do we do? What do we do? Church, we follow him. That's what a Christ Christian is. We're his sheep and we follow him. Now, here's what's interesting to me. Every one of these metaphors has one common denominator. You know what it is? Unity in diversity. Every, every metaphor that God gave us to say, let me show you what the church is. It's unity in diversity. What is this thing? Every cell, like the stuff you see is different. You know, my thumbs don't work down here. <laughs> and my eyes don't hear anything. Every part of my body is completely unique. And yet it's what? One body. Unity and diversity. What's marriage, you guys? What's marriage? Oh my gosh, I love premarital counseling. I tell you this all the time. It's diversity. Trying to figure out how to be one. It's man and woman coming together. It's two completely different personalities and histories. It's two separate individuals who are diverse in so many things. And God goes, I make you one. Jesus is the bridegroom, we're the bride, and we're one in spirit with him. What's the third metaphor? It's family. And again, I've shared with you, my three kids could not be more different than each other. Completely unique, different passions, different gifts, different personalities, and yet what's the family? Conflict, right? Unity in diversity. Unique individuals, one family. It's a house, all the different parts of the home built together, each part necessary to create the home. What's God saying here, you guys? What's he saying? He's trying to help us to understand the absolute mystery of Christ and what God did for us. Now, here's the deal. There is only one thing that accomplishes unity and diversity, love. Now, I'm just going to say this because I know this. Some of you have been very gracious to me to say, Nelson, would you, would you talk about something else besides love? I get it. You know, pastors are unique and different. We all got our deal. Um, yes, I could definitely, there's much to talk about. But I just want to tell you, we don't got this. We got nothing. We got nothing. This is the most important thing 
Love from God, love for God, and love for one another. And there are, there, there are so many other things that, you, that we could talk about and that we need to talk about when you think about the church. We need to talk about faith. But 1 Corinthians says, and faith without love is nothing. <laughs> it can move mountains, okay? What do we need to talk about? We need to talk about compassion. Very, very important. We already have here, right? But he says, go ahead and give away everything you have to the poor and without love, it's nothing. Thanks, my kids know the answer. Thank you very much. Evangelism, what's the church for? I already said it, it is to reach the world. And yet if our conversations with people who are separated from God are not couched in love, you are a gong when you speak to them about Jesus. You need love. We could talk about discipleship and we need to get better at it. But I'm telling you, if discipleship isn't done with love, it's, it's, it is, there's nothing greater than love. So let me, I want you to think about this for a second. Think about this statement. Man, Jesus, I love you. I love you. I just don't like the church. Anybody ever hear that? I love you just don't like your church. Now, I want to ask you, is it really the church that I've described that you don't love? Or is it the American cultural church that bugs the crap out of you? Is it how judgmental the church has been? Or how political it is? Or how exclusive it is? Or cold? Or cliquish? Is it how boring it is? <laughs> or how irrelevant it is, or how out of touch with the world it is. Is that, is that actually what you don't like? See, because that's just the false representation of Christ that the church is. And I think when Jesus showed up, he was looking at the church, the religious people and going, oh man, I don't like it. So is that what you don't like? Or do you say, you know what? I don't like the worship. It's just, you know, it's just not that good. Or, or I don't like the message. You know, it's not deep enough. Um, it's not expositional. You know, I gotta go, is that it? Or, or even more important, is it, I just don't like these people. <laughs> can, can we be really honest? I don't like these people. See, if that's what we're saying, then here's the deal. You've instituted institutionalized church or you become a consumer of it. I go to church if it's good and I leave it if it's not. I go to church if I like the people around me and if I don't, then I'll go somewhere else. You guys, that church is not church in the scripture. We've institutionalized it or we become a consumer of it. And you know what happens then? You become a judge of the church. And what's the church? You are judging Jesus' bride. Don't you dare judge that woman in my presence. So what's a church, you guys? But let me ask you this. But what is the church that Jesus is inviting us into? See, isn't it? So now, now this is going to sound funny, I think. Jesus, I love you, but I don't love your body. 
They'd be like, hey, Dave, I really love you, but I don't want to be with you. <laughs> See, now that was weird because people say, well, I, I, I love Jesus. I just don't want to be a part of his body. Okay. Or I love you, Jesus, but I don't love your bride. <laughs> I love you, Jesus. I don't like your kids. And I love you, Jesus, but I really don't want to hang out at your house. <laughs> or let me just come in real quick, grab some food, go to the bathroom and hit the road. See, do you guys see what I'm saying? Like, see, so this is why we've, we've got to change this because we think church is something we go to if it's good instead of what it is. And we got to get it. We, we, if, if we're going to know Christ and if we're going to ever experience eternal life, we've got to get this down. In our distorted view of the understanding of what the church is, we've thrown out the beauty and the glory of what the church actually is. And you know what I realized, man, my responsibility and all of our responsibility, you guys, is to fight against this, is to fight against what the, what the American culture has said church is, to fight the misrepresentation of Christ to the world that thinks the church is just a bunch of whatever, to fight a mediocre lukewarm devotion to Jesus and to what he loves. And instead to fight for the beauty and the glory and the power of the church that Jesus died for. Can I just ask you a question? Like how much does Jesus love his bride? How passionate is he about you? How passionate is he for you? I asked Mariah to make me for Christmas last year. She put this plaque up and it's verse, it's Hebrew. It's Acts 20, 28. And it says this, keep watch over yourselves and all of the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. Oh man, that's how important the church is. Jesus purchased every one of us with his blood. And we're judging whether it's worth being a part of or not. That's just not the church. It's not what Jesus died for. So, man, I'm so sorry, you guys. I, I just, I am. I know I've contributed to this American church crap and I'm done. I hope by God's grace. I want to figure out I got one shot down here and so do you. And I want to figure out what the church is and I want to be it to its fullest extent. And I'm going to need his grace to be a good shepherd of this flock, but I want to do it. And we're going to need each other to do it, to help us love each other as his body, his bride, his family, and his house. So I'm just going to read one last verse. I know I've gone five over, but I just want to lead. I just want to close tonight with this passage it's Ephesians chapter three. Uh, if you've been out here long, Ephesians, you guys, at the very beginning in chapter one, God says, I revealed the mystery of my will purposed in Christ. The very mystery of God's will purposed in Christ was what? To unite everything in Jesus. What's that mean? That means, you guys, the mystery of God was to create a church because that's all the word means, a gathering, a fellowship of people who come together. And God said, that was my purpose, to reconcile you back to me 
and to reconcile will you two with each other. So I take people who are completely Gentiles and Jews who hate each other. He goes, and I make them one new man. That's the purpose of God. Every metaphor, every metaphor, unity and diversity, unity and diversity. That's the purpose of God. That's what the church is for. And Jesus says, if we're unified, the world will know that he came from the father. I'm telling you right now, the number one spiritual warfare and scheme of Satan himself is to help us to not be unified. Because if we are, we'll change the freaking world. People are gonna love that I said that. So now listen, after he says, this is what God did, Here's what he says. For this reason, for this reason, that God would send Jesus to earth to be the savior of the world. For that reason, I kneel before the father from whom every family in heaven and earth derives its name. And I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through the spirit in your inner being so that Christ will dwell in your hearts through faith. Oh, Jesus, dwell in my heart. Give me your love for the father. Give me your love for each other. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints And to know this love, I'm sorry, uh, power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Oh, you guys, how different is going to church from being filled to all the whole measure of the fullness of God? Which one do you want? And so he says, now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power at work within us. It's a communal thing, man. To him be the glory, where? In the church. This is God's whole plan. He wants to reveal his glory to the world and it's in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever, amen. So as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you, live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Man, if you're a follower of Jesus today, please join me, please help me be a better pastor and please let's not buy the duped American attend something for an hour thing. And let's be the church. Let's do this. I urge you to live that life worthy of the calling you've received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient. Bear with one or another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There's one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called one Lord one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who's over all, through all and in all. Man, you guys, so what do we do? 
Jesus, I want to know you. I love you. And come be with me. Love my body, which is the church. Love my bride. She's so precious to me. Love my kids. Love your brothers and sisters. And come to my house. Come to my house. Be built together to be a place where my spirit dwells. And that's what we're praying for here, man. That when we gather, his spirit dwells and it strengthens us to love each other and to go out of these doors and go show the world who Jesus actually is. And they'll see his glory and they'll come to believe that he was sent from the father. You guys, that's the church. And I'm telling you, we got a lot of work to do. I have a lot of work to do. We all have a lot of work to do, but I can tell you this, it's God's will. It's God's will. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it, man. This is God's will. And I tell you this, man, you start being a part of a church like that, because I've been like that. I've been in a church like that. You, it's, whew, there's nothing like it. There's, but what do we sing, man? There's nothing better than you, Jesus. Nothing better than you. Nothing better than you. And you are the body, and the bride, and the family, and the house of God. So what do you do? Please, please pray and say, God, I just go to church. Please help me. Get connected here. Get connected. You got to love people. Jesus, that's his main command. Somehow get connected into this body. And let's love each other. Be completely humble. If there's anyone in here in this church that you feel like you're better than, so you won't talk to them, I'm telling you, man, confess that to God and say, God, please forgive me. I'm not humble. I do show favoritism. I just want to be with the people who are like me. Yeah, Jesus, that's just not me. Confess that to him so we can be the church. And then make every effort to keep the unity. And if there's someone you're holding something against and you're bitter against them and you haven't forgiven them in your heart, forgive them. Forgive them. Ask God to give you the grace to forgive them. And then we can be the church. So I'm so sorry. I went so long. But uh, please forgive me, Adventure Canyon. Okay. All right. Would you guys stand? And I also want to ask you, I know we have our, our staff, we have our board, we have this team and we are working. We shared with you our new vision statement. We're working on our new mission statement, new values, because we're trying to figure out how we can rescue each other from this normal, traditional American thing and actually be the church that Jesus died for. So would you do me a favor? Would you please pray for us? Pray for your leaders. Pray that God gives us grace to hear his voice so we can follow him, okay? And now I'm gonna pray for you. Let's do it. God, have mercy on us. Just have mercy on us. We do love you. (laughs) We do. But we're so messed up. God, we have given ourselves to things that are just not what you want us to give ourselves to. We've, we've succumbed to a lukewarm thing. We've succumbed to this cultural norm. And we're asking you, please, we want to know you. 
we want to love you. And we hear you. How can we love you and not love your body? How can we love you and not love your bride? How can we love you and not love your kids, your family, or come to your house? So Jesus, you are worthy. You are worth it. So would you give us grace and give us mercy to actually be the church? Glory in the church for all generations. God, that's what we're asked for. So strengthen us with power through the Holy Spirit in our inner being so that Christ will dwell in us. Jesus, we can't do this without you. We need your grace. Please be gracious to us and grant us the power to grasp how wide and long and deep and wide is the love of Christ together, together with each other. I ask for that grace, God. Do something new at K2. Blow us away. Do more than we could ask or imagine according to your power at work in us in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. God bless you guys. God bless the church. All right. Have a great night.